Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. I'm Tara. And wait, Tara. <laughs> I mean, I'm Aaron. What? What? Tara Han from Half Past Two? <laughs> no, no, you're you're Aaron. I threw Aaron in a sack, and he's actually, or he's actually locked in the bathroom right now. <laughs> I had to come back. It had to be me. <laughs> Aaron is doing a incredible impression of Tara. <laughs> All right. So in case you haven't noticed, Aaron is not here this week. Uh, um, it's just me. So Aaron has 5,000 jobs and he is busy working on all of those. And um, Even though there's multiples of him. At that, his job. That's true. At, yeah. at his, uh, his, he's at cloned himself. His I, kids' music group. There are technically, I think, up to three Aaron's. Yeah. So two, you know, him plus he's two. He's number one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be weird if he wasn't. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one isn't his favorite number. He's like, I'd rather be three. <laughs> All right. Um. So, uh, because Aaron was super busy, and we wanted to get on the upbeat, back into the groove of things for 2020. I asked Tara, uh, actually it was Aaron's suggestion that I reach out to Tara. Um, but you know what? F- fun fact. Do you want to hear a fun fact about On the Upbeat? Yes. I don't know if you knew this, but you were almost the host of this ska podcast with me. Did you know that? Did I know that? Um, yes, I do. <laughs> we we did put, um, you know... A little bit of effort into putting that together. And at the time, I just, I didn't have the time, to be honest. And you still don't. So I it's still, a wonder no, you're here. I mean, <laughs> things change. It was because, I, mostly because I had just had my baby and I was like, right. whoo, I don't know if I can do this. I'm, you know, I'm already doing a lot. And these days, I'm just trying to see how thin I could spread myself, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm here and thank you guys so much for thinking of me and having me back. It's awesome. And, yeah. you know, we've uh, podcasted several times together anyway, because I used to have another podcast, and uh, Tara was on that a bunch. So, yeah, it's comfortable and easy. <laughs> <laughs> we have a rapport with each other. That's true. As That's, they say. Yes. Uh, so, Tara, how, how was the holidays for you? It's good. Now that I have kids, I feel like the holidays are fun again. It's not just about going to parties or, um, you know, going out even. It's just you get to kind of stay in. You get to hang out with kids and go look at lights and, you know, get excited Tell them that they can't open the presents that are sitting under the tree. And, that That's really fun. And feel like the meanest person in the world for not letting them do no, it. No, I don't feel mean at all. You know what? I Call me a mean mom. Like I, I like that stuff. I like seeing my kids squirm a little bit when I'm like, I'll, I'll like, I, you know, I make it worse. I'm like, did you guys see? I put a new one under there. Did you look to see whose name's on it? Don't touch it. You're not so, allowed to touch it. So you you don't actively just not let them open it. You actively then taunt them yes. to like look at all this stuff that you can't open. Yes, you have to wait. You have to wait. Well, this year is my daughter was three, and so it's her fourth Christmas, right? Right. And uh, so she kind of just – this was the first year that she was totally getting it. You know, she got yeah. it. She was really into the Santa thing. She was really into the I better be good thing, which <laughs> I, parents, 
I always thought you were crazy, but that whole, I love it. It's good. I'm like, you better be good. The elf on the shelf is watching you. It's going to go home tonight and tell Santa what you did. <laughs> so, like, uh, I used to be a preschool teacher. Well, technically, I kind of still am. But anyway, so before Elf on the Shelf is what we know it now as, like, right. something you can buy in the store. Yeah. Preschool teachers would do that for different – they also will do, like, a, a leprechaun. Okay. They will sort of pretend – like, they'll mess up things in the room around St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And, like, say – you know, the leprechaun came and messed up our stuff, and they they will always use it to, like, teach rules about, like, not doing stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, not hitting or stealing or whatever. Yeah. So, it's just, <laughs> just like, a weird... Because the thing is, you know, I used, as I, you know, in my 20s and stuff, I used to think stuff like that was weird. Yeah. Because, like... Or, like, bad. I used to think it was bad because it seems, like, so controlling. Yeah. But then as you think about it, like, you can't have a conversation with a kid, right? You can't, yeah. you can't like, reason with them. They're not, they're like, well, see, uh, you shouldn't hit your brother because he's a person just like you. And think has... about why, like, Sesame Street probably exists, right? A right. kid's going to listen to a puppet tell True. them things more than they're going to listen to, like, a parent yeah. or an adult tell them I don't things. know. There, there's just a line there. So, like, I, I get it, but then it's, like, this line of, like, this thing on the shelf is watching you. <laughs> don't this mess up. This creepy at all. I know. Don't mess up. It's watching... It not Santa doesn't know this elf knows and it's watching you. Yeah, so. the best part about Elf on the Shelf, honestly, because I didn't do, ever have that when I was growing up or anything, is just it was so much fun every day. The first thing she would say when she woke up was just like, "Where's the elf?" You know, and then you got to go <laughs> through the house and find the elf. Oh. I just thought that was hilarious. And if I didn't move the elf. She would come up with her own reasons why, like, he was still there, you know, <laughs> which is, like, hilarious to me. I'm like, yep, that's why he's still up there, you know. He just wants to see the room or whatever. Sorry, I went off on a weird tangent about right. Christmas. I, <laughs> I got so excited about I asked Christmas. you about the holidays, and this is where we are. Yeah, so, you got all it. Right, so let's talk about some ska stuff. You happen to be in a ska band, I hear? Yeah. I mean, the last time I was here, we did talk about that ska band that I was in, and I'm still in it. Oh, you are? Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're still doing it. It's uh, we'll announcement this week is... <laughs> no, <it's> just... <laughs> I'm in Half Past Two. We're a ska band here in Orange County, and um, yeah, that, what else do you need to know? So what's uh, what's going on with Half Past Two right now? Um, you know, we went into 2020 with some lofty goals. We did. We just said that we were going to do it all. And boy, are we doing it all. Like, <laughs> yep. what's what all... is today? Today is the 14th. So... All of it in January. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> exactly. We, we were like, okay, yeah, you know, opportunities come. Like, let's do them. We plan on releasing a bunch of new music. Like, we just finished recording a three-song EP. Um, we recorded it in December. I actually got some of the mixes on the way over here today, and I listened to them, and they're really good. I'm super excited about it. It's different than anything I feel like we've done. It's not different than anything we've done before, but as a three-song EP, it's different than any other EP or album we've ever put out because uh, I think the songs sound a little more 
I'll say traditional. Sure. Um, we just wanted to try it. We um we have a really good horn section right now, and I think they shine like on the recording. So there's that. We have a plan on releasing a new album this year. Um, so we're going back in the studio in May. Um, to record at least the first half of it, and then right. hopefully in the fall record the second half. Also, we're writing music um, f- with people, oh. which is different. Um, like people outside the band nice. that have approached us. They said we got some music. We want to, you know, write some songs with you guys. So we're doing that, and. Um, yeah, just last week we decided we were going to jump on this thing called Brand the Band, hashtag Brand the Band, um, for OC Fashion Week. Yes, wow. OC Fashion Week. So strange. They asked us. Oh, you're, you'll love this too. They found us through a hashtag on Instagram. That hashtag was ska. Like, <laughs> it's a huge hashtag. I don't know yeah. how they narrowed it down to just us, but they found us. They want us to play um a catwalk run show what runway show so let me paint this picture you're gonna be on one stage and then somewhere nearby there's going to be people walking in fashion in fashion yes and... uh models that like they you know have to audition for don't, this and everything. don't traditionally isn't someone describing the thing that they're wearing as they're walking? Isn't no. I mean, most runway shows, are they just they play music, and the person, like, walks out and turns mm. around and walks back. Uh, but they had a live band last year. Not a live mm. band. It was a live band, but it was, like, a rap group. Okay. And it was there was only one, and it was really well-received. So they wanted to try to do something with music, specifically local music. Right. Um, so some of the other groups, or not groups, but the other people I've seen um, on the campaign, there was like a electro pop artist mm-hmm. and a folk music artist, but literally they were in the videos they are alone. So in our <laughs> video, there's there wasn't even all of us, but there was six of us. There are nine of us normally, right? But all nine of us get to do this crazy thing where they make us over three times. They, the first one is like upcycled fashion and they do our hair and makeup. I mean, makeup, probably only me, but unless the boys want makeup, do whatever <laughs> you want. Uh, and then they, the, a stylist dresses us in upcycled fashions and then the next time hair and makeup and then they do like designer wear, designer clothes. Yeah. And then the third time they dress us up for fashion week and we play at fashion week. <laughs> Wow. ska music we get to pick the song <laughs> they're not picking the song okay. so yeah i don't know um we're gonna use this opportunity to tell a bunch of uh mainstream rich people i guess <laughs> that ska music lives in orange county <laughs> so and they'll they'll probably they'll when you say ska music they'll, ska Oh, you saw. If you go in the video right now, like, Scott is spelled with two A's. I'm like, wow, they really don't know what they're getting into. But it's fine. It's cute. I'm not going to, you know, harp on them for that because they still accepted. Not even accepted. They sought out a A Scott band. band. Right. And, hey, they got one. They got a good one, let me tell you. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see, see what everyone looks like. So uh, that three-song EP, when can the public expect to possibly 
Well, like I told it. you, we just got a mix. We got the second mix today. Yeah. Um, our wonderful, lovely, awesome producer David Irish is leaving with the interrupters in in a few weeks. So we have to be finished with all of this before oh. he leaves. Okay. Um. So I think we're because we're gonna stagger the releases. So I think right. the first one will release in probably I'll say March. Because we already have something planned for February. Um, yeah, so I'll say right. March is okay. when you'll probably hear the first one, the first single. I don't okay. know what the single is going to be because <laughs> I like all three of them so much, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's play them now. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would get like an angry phone call <laughs> if I started playing the mixes. But yeah, That'd be funny. Um, all right. That sounds like a lot. It's so a lot. Like I said, so there's so much. Oh, and we're going on tour right. at the end of the month. I forgot that. We're going on tour at the end of the month. Who, who are you going on tour with? The Toasters, the wonderful Toasters, and um, and Mustard Plug. So we're going on four dates with them. It's their tour. We're just kind of tagging, tagging along. Uh, we're going to San Diego, the Casbah. We're going all the way out to Arizona. We've never been to Arizona. Going to Scottsdale um, at Pub Rock. And uh, I think that's what it's called. And then we're going to Los Angeles, Catch One LA. That's going to be a huge show. There's lots of people. Like Untouchables are on that. Chris oh, wow. Murray's on that. Um, a bunch of people. And then the last date is the Academy Awards in Garden Grove, um, put on by Pocket Entertainment. And that'll be fun. I yep. hope we win some awards, and I hope you do too. <laughs> Me too. So speaking of the Academy Awards, uh, you can go to Pocket Entertainment. I think it's dot org. It's dot org. Right. Um, and you will find basically uh, a list of things that you can vote on. So uh, vote. Uh, half if you past see two. half past two on there, vote for <laughs> us. And if you see on the upbeat on there, yes. vote for on the upbeat. And there's uh so. Your group is only nominated in like the like the California section. Yeah. But we get brought up on like all the sort of different. Oh, yeah, because they have not, like the international. I think he says international, but I don't see anything out of the states there. But I think technically. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to cover everybody unless you know about them. Right. Then they're not going to put. You know what? I take that there, back. So. I now I'm thinking of some UK bands that are on there. So and there are probably some other bands from other parts yeah, of the world that yeah. I just am wasn't cluing in on it's just the bands that you haven't talked about on on the upbeat yet yeah (laughs) which i there's a lot of them like we you know we when i started this when back in the day when you or i were talking about doing this like (laughs) one of my friends said to me like is there how can you do what are you going to talk about are you going to like what what are you going to do and you know just talk to bands talk to you know, talk about bands, you know, play parts of music that we can play and whatnot. And, and I'm still fine, you know. So I, I was a little bit worried too. I was like, I get, I mean, but then, <laughs> <Is he right? laughs> we, exactly. I'm like, then I started looking. I'm like, there are ska bands everywhere. Now, there have been a couple countries that we had a little bit harder time finding a very specific ska band to, but, but then there are places like Canada. They're, 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 oh, yeah, gigantic, you know you know um as as it is here sure some other parts of the world you're lucky if you can find one but 
the vast majority of countries have a ska ban. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's infiltrated and even all here, the corners. And even here in the States, like, there are tons of bands, like, that we haven't talked about. Like, it's, it's you know. It's new. Uh, You're scraping the surface. I mean, yeah. there's so 15 much. episodes in, and yes, it still feels like <laughs> there's still a whole slew of things to talk about and do. Yeah, I mean. Um, all right. So, um, all right. So we do have a question for discussion. Ooh, I'm ready. Um, uh, and it is, are we in the fourth wave of Ska or just an extension of the third wave? <laughs> do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I'll sort of start by explaining that. Okay, so traditionally, first wave is basically the invention of ska in the 50s and 60s. Like Jamaican ska. Jamaican ska, very, you know, um, rhythm and blues um, and and jazz um, sort of infusion. Um, And then then it sort of, as time went on, ended its way over in the UK. And then it, uh, that sort of... Sort of started the ska punk sound. It was like uh, it was they, a. They say it's working class music. Yes. So I mean, it was. So, I don't think the punk got in there. Yeah, not quite as early well, as like, the second. That's sort of what the clash sort of ends up being referred to as, like ska. Like I'm honestly like the first time someone said the clash was a ska band, I was like, what, what, what. <laughs> And I and I knew who the Clash was. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I'm not, I I've never been a purist to like argue when someone says something. But I'm like, I I they don't even play in the the, the upbeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then That's I do. Music then I'm like, then I find some songs that they do. So there is that. But anyway, so like Madness, uh, the Specials, and and uh, several other bands. Um, you know, in the the late seventies, early eighties. And it sort of became popular in America on as MTV was becoming a thing and stuff like that. So, and then third wave was the nineties, the act, you know, ska punk as we probably would describe it today. Um, um, that, uh, and it, I would say the biggest popularity that ska has ever had sort of like Ending up in movies, ending up in commercials, just becoming a very commercial commodity, bigger than it probably had ever been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it sort of died down around the end of the 90s. And so a lot of people are saying that now we're with sort of the interrupters um, showing up on radio stations across the country, that sort of it's becoming more well into the mainstream again accepted and um and you know and obviously there are bands that never really went away like rancid never really disappeared from them like they still play rancid on the radio and new songs by rancid not just the old ones but um so and then you see just i mean there's ska bands everywhere if you just start looking like they so they are popping up more but then you know so it's like what defines the wave? Because if you look at, for me, as you think about it, all the styles, like there was a style change or sort of an, an infusion with another style, but I don't 
I mean, I guess you have now a little bit more of the emo hardcore ska that like a pop punk sound. Yes. Like I th- okay. So personally, I have not been a big fan of this topic and i don't think a lot of bands are unless they're young (laughs) unless they're young yeah my experience is if you talk to a really like a band full of young people that are playing ska music ooh, they love to talk about the fourth wave because they want to be it like right for us we half past two personally we've been around for 13 years we missed that third wave but we are described as a third wave band Right. Um, but people, some people still don't want to call us third wave because we didn't exist in the nineties as a band. Right. Um, but fourth wave, I guess now as of like super recently, sure. I have put a lot of thought into this because people ask me all the time what I think about this subject. I really feel like if the fourth wave is going to be a thing, It's going to be a time period until it's gone again because it's hard. It's hard to define the sound when you're at the like the precipice of it. Right. You know, or like when you're just at the beginning of it, it's like, how do you how do you tell everybody this is the sound? This is the fourth wave. You know, it kind of just sounds very you're just kind of talking yourself up type of thing. Right, sure. So for now, if if this is the fourth wave, then I really think it's just the time that we're in because there's so many different ska bands out there right now and everyone's popular for different reasons or people are popular like people can like all the different kinds. Yeah, and I think it's such a different cuz right now, I mean Unless I'm mistaken, the only band that we can turn to right now that's getting mainstream radio success is the Interrupters. Um, at least as far as like new bands, cause or I'll... in the U.S. I think the Skins yeah. are getting like attention overseas. Okay. So I there's think. not there's not the wave like there's not a wave right there. There seems to be maybe a growing. I don't know like compared. You know, as we've talked to different people that come from the Orange County scene from right now to 10 years ago, a lot of people will say that it's kind of the same, not like as far as like obviously different bands, obviously, because that does change and maybe different people. But there's not so many more people. I think what's changed is um, the way everything is being communicated sure. because you have things now like Ska Punk Daily. Like people people on Instagram follow Ska Punk Daily and it became its own like entity. Right. But it's run by one person, maybe two. You know what right. I mean? And um before you had what, like Ska Parade and you Ska Parade was on the radio and then it wasn't because right. Ska kind of went this back big. underground right. and you had to know how to find it. Well, right. ev- anybody has Instagram. Like right. my mom could find ska punk or ska on Instagram, though it doesn't interest her totally. Right. Right. So, I mean, you can just jump on a hashtag, you can Google things. So 
I think before it was all about how do we get people to listen to our music. I th- think that's what feels different today as it did 10 years ago. We were just wondering how do we get our music to the people? Well, you got to get noticed by somebody right. that is big enough for that people follow them in a way, you know. Sure. Um back then people only knew us if they saw us when we opened up on tour for like Real Big Fish, you know. Right. So like an opportunity like the uh, OC Fashion Week wouldn't have happened 10 years ago for the most part. Right. Yeah. Unless for some reason there was a, somebody on on their right. staff that really liked ska music. Right. Because I feel that's what happens now. Like uh, if, if a publication that is not a ska publication talks about ska music, it's because somebody there is a, is a fan sure. of ska music and that's what they were like pressuring them to talk about. Like you don't go on Pitchfork and read about ska music, you know. <laughs> um, I wish I did. If anyone at Pitchfork is listening, let's write about ska music. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this might be the fourth wave it might be yeah and I, you're right i think looking back is the thing that sort of i mean but in the third wave it was called you know in the late 90s it was called the third wave it was how it was described but i think it was more obvious back then that something because it blew up happening to, it yeah. blew up into pop culture and right. it hasn't and that's that's sort of where i sort of will argue that it is sort of just the extension of the third wave i because i do think you have to have a clearer presence in pop culture if we're looking either either one of the things has to be present a drastic style change and yes i get there are pop punk bands that are sort of adding horns and you know and sort of having those ska breaks and stuff like that talking about you millington (laughs) (laughs) yes and that's i'm not make trying to make a slight against them because i listen to them i listen to those bands but it's not to me it's not drastically different than the ska punk sounds that like yeah i get it some of them have more of a metal screamo thing like uh um sorry sweetheart like they they have that hardcore sound but it's still kind of a ska punk sound to me. Like, it still sort of falls in, you know... Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I want people, like, in, to infuse rap music, though there have been ska bands that have done it. And so, like... But I don't know. There isn't some gigantic style change, and it's not blown up into pop culture. It hasn't... You know, there are I mean, there are ska memes, but I'm just saying, like... I think we're at the beginning, because... Sure. I I totally get what you're saying, but as somebody that's been in a ska band yeah. that has been like on the like lowest or not the lowest, but the lower tier <laughs> of, you know, ska bands and what people listen to based on popularity or whatever, um I can tell that that people more people care all of the sudden. I definitely think there's a growing interest. I'm not like, I would never argue and that. And I think that's the beginning sure, of sure. like, if you get people interested, then the, and those people take it in back out into their not skull lives. That's how you get things like on TV. Somebody's sure. just got, somebody's got to love ska music and they got to work in TV. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> right, right. And, and then, Somehow that gets married. Like, 
Ska movie, when I saw Ska movie, when I left, I said, if everybody saw this movie. Oh, you mean pick it up, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Ska movie is what their handle is. But yeah, sure. pick it up. Ska in the 90s. After I watched that movie, I was like, man, if, if other people watch this movie, they would probably like ska music because they would like get it they would understand what it was like back then and what it could be now you know um and you know and maybe ultimately i'm i'm wrong in the sense that there has to be a style change but i do i do sort of think it's not as it's not as and that's i'm not saying popular i'm not saying popularity has to be the goal of discussing at all that's not my argument i'm just saying how we define these waves before I would argue that it can't, it's just, a, it's still sort of like, and even maybe we, I don't know. I, I mean, ultimately, to be completely honest, I still sort of sit in the, like you sort of like, does it really even, do these discussions really even matter? I mean, they're interesting to talk about, but they ultimately don't matter. So I take the approach, you know, um, uh, Planet Smasher, Smashers have a song on their most recent album, um, called super fan and it's really like it's kind of like i don't really care if this is the fourth wave it's like i like it (laughs) i I just i like ska music and that's just what it is and you know and i think that's sort of like where i think for the most part we i mean yes of course seeing the interrupters you know playing the weenie roast to k-rock and now they're going on that big stadium tour with with green day and and weezer and weezer and fallout boy like yeah that's great i absolutely think that's awesome and there's no that no one should feel ashamed and um or bad (laughs) like of course popularity is awesome like you know a band succeeding you know the other thing if you think about it too is just like the times are different people i think back in the 90s nobody was like nostalgic for two-tone ska music but like now nostalgia is all king uh, right yeah it's like all anybody can think about or talk about it's and so i think um one thing that lends to this maybe becoming um a wave is just that people they haven't listened to this in a long time and people don't even know what they're missing. So they don't know what the sound change needs to be. I do agree with you though about usually a a change in sound is what defines it. Like I I think about like rap music. I mean, I don't listen to a lot of rap music. uh, I profess, but like, the rap music that I used to hear in high school was like really it was was turning more like poppy, like sure. mainstream. And then nowadays, if I listen to a rap song, I'm like, what the heck are they saying? <laughs> because not because they're rapping fast, because, which is a talent. It's because they're literally like mumbling yeah. or like, you know, uh-huh. they got marshmallows in their mouth or something. Right. Or I don't understand or it. Or there's some effect on their vocals that you're just like, right. what? That's okay. what I'm saying. Like, does ska music need to start like putting crazy effects <laughs> on their vocals? Do oh, I need please. to start singing with cotton balls in my mouth? Like, no. <laughs> right. I think people just need to realize that this genre is out there, that it's not what they think it is. A lot of people are like, oh, that's just a rock band with horns. Yeah, we play rock music, but it's an alternative kind of rock music. It's specific. If people right. are 
specifically liking other types of music, I don't understand why people aren't specifically liking different, you know, right. subgenres of ska. But if they're paying attention to ska, I don't, I don't really care. Like I, that's all I want. I want them to pay right. attention to ska music. So I feel like, to me, that's where the wave begins or is right now is just people kind of coming back to this kind of sound right to realize oh maybe this wasn't terrible you know maybe well because like in pick it up they kind of talk about the the downfall of ska was twofold that it sort of ended up everywhere and sort of became a parody of itself like it became goofy yeah and there's some people who admit that maybe they played into that too much and um but now you can still look back at look at some of the like tours like ska against racism that were happening that was like no this sound does have a message like that's important it can be yes of course there's goofy just like there's sort of silly versions of any style of music um you know there are serious country songs and silly country songs but um you're gonna have to wait for the public to be in the mood you right. know and the 90s was overall a kind of time of abandon you know like style was really wacky and um shows were silly there was you know, music could be silly and fun. Yeah. And then I feel like in the early 2000s, things got a little more serious and it just kept getting more serious. Yeah. And I feel like some of that was like a rebellion against pop music. Like, honestly, because I don't think it was. And since ska technically is a little bit more poppy in the fact that it's like. Upbeat. And upbeat, right? And happy, generally speaking. Um, Like as far as the sound goes. But there was a rebellion in the early 2000s against pop music, and I think ska just fell into that. Right. Because, like, you know, you started pushing out boy bands at that time. Like, pretty much every boy band, like, took a break from, like, 2004 to, like, 2010. <laughs> like, they all just paused. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, being that I wasn't heavily into the ska scene as an older teenager, um... As far as, like, I was into ska, but it wasn't connected to a scene. And then to, to realize now that between 2000, like, between 2000 and 2000 and, I don't know, 13, there was all these ska albums that were still put out. Now, obviously, I still followed the bands that I knew. And, you know, Real Big Fish, obviously, I would still follow and stuff like that. But, like, I'll find out all these bands, like, were, like, sort of basically... Became popular in their own scene and then disappeared before I even knew who they were. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. It can be hurtful, man. It's just <laughs> like, you know, when we started the band was at that time and it was almost a joke. People did not want to hear ska music, yeah. in my opinion. And But you know what? We stuck it, we stuck it out. And like I said feels good to be a ska band right now yeah maybe back then it didn't bring us as much satisfaction as we're getting right now and um i i don't know why that happened but it's like a, it's just a cycle it's just a cycle and i feel like it's it's time for it to sort of come back in some way right. i don't know how 
popular it will be. I don't know if it will be as big of a wave, sure, let's sure. say, as third wave. But I think I can't believe I'm saying this. I think there is a fourth wave coming. I, I'll yeah, I'll I, right I would say that I can... I don't know. There's nothing else to call it. Right. I think that's the other problem <laughs> that, too. True. What else would you call it? Just another time in which Sky got popular. Do like... other genres of music call their music, describe their music in waves? Like, I don't, I mean, yeah, new not... wave. New music. wave, right. But that's just sort of Was like... there ever wave music? Because now there's <laughs> exactly. new, new wave. wave music. Right. It's not like this is the third wave of country music. They'll yeah. say that, obviously, they do go through changes, obviously. They're... Yeah, but they call it like, you know, hip-hop country. Right. Or they call right. it. You know, country pop or whatever yeah, right so whatever they call it i don't know right. so yeah all right so there's probably no real good answer but uh you know we'll post this question on instagram you can tell us if we're right or wrong <laughs> yeah i that's the thing about this subject is that a lot of people do have a an, an opinion and yeah. most people have a strong opinion i am very wishy-washy with my opinion but i'm still trying to develop that yeah. opinion <laughs> I, I think it's different for me because i am like part of whatever sure i i am in the ocean i am i am the ocean <laughs> right you know i'm like just a victim or i, I just have to go with whatever is happening so right. but you know what our goal my goal personally has of the last few years is just to try and influence that direction in some way yeah i don't know if I am or if well, I'm like, not, but... Well, like, honestly, for for you guys, as just a fan who's, you know, who stands by the side, I don't think that you... Maybe this isn't what you were sort of saying, but I don't think you're trying to uh, be popular. I think you're just trying to put on good shows and put out music that's good. Well, like... yeah. Well, that's what we always say, because in the beginning, we we had, you know, we had big dreams, and... Of course, when you're young, you you just you just go for it. These days, it's just trying to satisfy the things that we want to do, the yeah. the things on our bucket list that we want to check off. And if 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 something else comes out of that, then great, you know. But um, yeah, so I get what you're saying. It would be, I think, always the goal is to, of course, be popular, but in order to save our feelings and emotions and not get, <laughs> uh, you know, our hearts broken, we just say that, what do we do? Whatever we want. When right. do we do it? Whenever we want. Right. So yeah. I think everybody should operate that way. And yeah. I think you'll get a lot more done. So. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So um, next, I actually, earlier today, recorded an interview with Karen Roberts from Chase Long Beach. I love Karen Roberts from Chase Long Beach. Uh, I love Long, her so much. Chase Long Beach is a, um, well, they actually are officially no longer together, but they are playing a reunion show on January 30th. Yes. Yes. Thursday, <laughs> Thursday January 30th. Yes, uh, at D Piazza's. And so I sat down with Aaron to talk about that. Karen. Did I say Aaron? You said Aaron. Oh my gosh, so much stuff. Don't worry. In, in the interview with He's glad I'm here to correct him. No. In the interview with Karen, I referred to her band as Half Past Two. It's okay. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Because there's so much ska out there, just like we said. <laughs> exactly. Um, but before we jump into that interview with Karen, I wanted to um, 
there's a couple things that we forgot to talk about. Uh, one of them uh, being uh, that um, Chase Long Beach is raffling off uh, a limited edition Chase Long Beach Reunion 2020 Beer Stein. What? Uh, uh, at the um, January 30th show. Uh, you can get uh, one raffle ticket for $2 uh, or three for $5. Wow. Um, if you win, you will possess the first ever uh, Chase Long Beach Beer Stein. Uh, so, yeah, that's something we didn't bring up in the interview. So she wanted to just say that that is happening. And also... Um, <laughs> I hope I win it. <laughs> also, a uh, real quick uh, sort of something that... Karen wasn't a hundred percent sure of in the interview. I just sort of like passively asked her who was the producer on their second album. Gravity is what you make it. And she kind of stumbled and couldn't remember the person's name. Uh-huh. So, um, she gets a few people like there's an engineer that she sort of blend. There's a couple of engineers and one of them was also the producer. His name, um, Andrew Berlin and uh, that was the actual producer and she think she in the interview thought it was a guy that was in a popular punk band uh pop punk band and it's not that guy <laughs> and andrew berlin is not that guy uh, it's different so just as sort of like a correction to uh that all right so without any further ado here's my interview with karen roberts Ooh. Well, hello. We're here picking it up with Karen Roberts, lead singer of Chase Long Beach. How's ah. it going, Karen? Oh, it's good. It's so weird to hear that. <laughs> like, nobody has called me lead singer of Chase Long Beach in many years. It's very strange. About 10, probably? Yeah. yeah um, I'd say probably more closer to 8, because that was when we had done our, our last reunion show, but it was two years after the band had really kind of dissipated, or right. I had quit. So, yeah. So, it's been 10 years Technically, 11 years right. since I quit the band. Um, but, yeah, eight since we played <laughs> a show. And it is weird because it's like, oh, Karen Roberts from Unicorn Injection or, you know, Star 69 or that thing you saw that one time <laughs> somewhere. Right. You know, but, yeah, not Chase Long Beach. It's been a very long time. Well, we are here to talk about Chase Long yes. Beach yes. and your upcoming reunion show. Yes. Um, so we do have listeners outside of Southern California. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but Chase did tour a lot, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, be, you know, between what 2002 and 2010. Yeah, the touring mostly happened the years between it was 2007, 2010. So it was like those three years basically straight of touring. You know, yeah. I mean, we were gone more than we were home. So, and yeah, I mean, we did a lot of the U.S., a lot of the U.K., if anybody from the U.K. is listening. We always loved you guys. We loved everybody. We thanked you for your support everywhere (laughs) we went. And letting us crash on your floors. That was always important. Yes, touring bands, I don't think, can survive without floors to crash on. (laughs) No, no, not at all. And, like, the very kind people who put food in your mouth. Yeah. You know, like, I just remember days you would go. And, I mean, of course, we were all heavily addicted to cigarettes at the time. I'm four years cigarette-free now, though. Actually, I know. I know, right? Um, But... It, we would go days where it's like, oh, I have $5. Do I buy a pack of cigarettes or do I buy a sandwich? And it was like, no, cigarettes always because you could just suppress your appetite. Right. You didn't need to eat if you had cigarettes. <laughs> that sounds like a healthy, wise oh, choice. Oh, it was. We lived so healthily on tour. <laughs> but uh, for those who may not know, what is 
Can you give a brief history of Chase Long Beach? Sure. Um, we are a ska punk band out of Long Beach, California. And, um, you know, we got our start in mostly Orange County ska, like yeah. all the local bands around here did. Um, we started in 2002. The band lasted until 2010. I quit in 2009. They got a new lead singer for about seven months. And... Um, and that was that was it. The band just kind of dissipated. There was, you know, things that happened behind the scene. But no, I don't need to, to say any of that. <laughs> um, we don't need to go back to that. It's all happy times now. Right. And uh, but we were signed to Victory Records in 2009. Um, we released our first full length, Lebec, um, with Aaron Barrett from Real Big Fish producing, which was mm. a crazy story in itself. Um, and then. Uh, a year and a half later, yeah, we were signed to Victory Records, released our, our second full length with them, Gravity is What You Make It, and yeah, we just toured a lot. And Did you guys produce that record um, on your own together? Like as a band? Like who produced the second album? Oh, uh, the, no, it was not us. It was, oh my gosh, what was his name? The, oh no. <laughs> the, the technical producer, I know, I'm like, where's the CD? Let me go get a CD of my own to look at. God, this is so terrible. It was the owner, we recorded it at Blasting Room Studios in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. And it was produced by the owner of the Blasting Room, who was from a famous punk band. Oh my God, I'm the worst, and I can't even remember oh, which no. punk band it is. Oh, like the Addicts? No, it wasn't the Addicts. Oh my God, I'm the worst, honestly. You will look it up and you I will, will and tell I'm going to feel later. like an idiot. Yeah, and then you're just going <laughs> to... And, and I'll put it in the episode yeah. somewhere you'll, else. You'll put, a, you'll, you'll put a computerized voice and it sounds like me saying it like, oh, it was this person by this from this band? Right. I'll just edit yeah. all this out. Yeah, I think it was... It'll all of a sudden be my voice answering the question. Yeah, yeah I think it was technically produced by him and the um, our other main um, sound engineer and mixer of the thing. One of my cats is so in love with this microphone right now. She just can't get enough of it. It's okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm the worst, and I don't remember it's okay. who produced it. Um, but so, what led to you guys coming back together for, you know, in 2020? Uh, Mark D. Piazza. Um, hands down, uh, D. Piazza is the venue that we're actually having this reunion at. The whole reason that we're doing it is as a farewell to Mark Di Piazza. He sold Di Piazza's mm. um, to another local uh, business owner who's saying that he's going to, you know, do it justice still and try and keep Di Piazza's legacy going. He's going to keep it a live music venue. But there's also a lot of talks of different things I keep hearing where it's like flip flop, flip flop. Yeah, almost right. like he doesn't know exactly still and he's yeah. trying to figure it out. Um, but either way, even if the name stays Di Piazza's, even if it's still a live music venue, it's never going to be Di Piazza's again. Sure. Mark made it that venue. I mean, he'd owned it for, I think, 27 years now. Wow. And I mean, that was it. Honestly, this is really terrible. I no, I do know where our very first show was. Now I remember. But it was not our very first show ever. I know like half past two it was theirs. Right. Um, but I think probably within the first couple of months of us playing, we played at D Piazza's and it became a home for us. And Mark is like a dad to all of us. And aside from just our band playing there for several years and him giving us this space to play... It was a home for all of us individually. We all had other projects or other bands and friends bands, and we, we just hung out there. We lived there. You know, right. he gave me a job once. He gave my brother a job once. 
Um, and it was literally, I called him one day and I was like, hey, I need a job. And he was like, well, I'm not hiring right now, but give me 30 minutes. And he called me back and he had three shifts for me. He moved things around to give me a job. Wow. This is wow. the type of person this man is. And I mean, he he has moved mountains for everyone and not just in the Scott community, but in the music community, especially in Long Beach, but in all of Southern California. Everyone knows Mark and loves Mark, and it's truly the end of an era. Yeah. We, we may not have been who we are if it weren't for him. So the reunion show is not necessarily, because you don't know what the future holds for that particular restaurant. It's more of a send-off for, for him. Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And initially, um, we actually thought that it was no longer going to be D Piazza's at all. We knew it was sold. Yeah. Um, and there was there was a lot of confusion at the beginning of all of this because there was a lot of people involved and a lot of moving pieces. Mm -hmm. So like initially we had a completely different date. You know, I mean initially the show was supposed to be at the end of February. So that's why all of a sudden it's like three and a half weeks after we've <laughs> announced it because it, it had gotten double booked and there's been all this confusion and changes. And um, I was I'm hearing one thing from the workers and then I'm hearing yeah. another thing from Mark. So actually the day that we launched the event, we were saying farewell to Di Piazza's. Mark Di Piazza calls me frantically like, you need to change the flyer. I'm afraid that the owner's going to back out because he thinks that everybody thinks that Di Piazza's is closing now. Oh, And yeah. so we had to change it to farewell to Mark Di Piazza. Right. And uh, yeah, so it was like a whole thing. So now we've had officially three different flyers already <laughs> for this one event. I feel so bad for well, Cameron Hallenbeck. they weren't literal flyers that you had to pass, pass out. Pass out. No, thank God. <laughs> and luckily, Mark has the proper ones printed on posters at the venue yeah. currently. Um, although there will be another flyer because we're about to announce all the openers. Um, oh, yes. Which, I mean, I, I can definitely say for a, for a secret for everyone who's listening to this show too if you'd like if you'd go like, ahead yeah. yeah um so it's gonna be uh the opener will be this band called foxtail they're fantastic um they're this young new band they're not ska um but cameron had found them and sent them to me and they were like totally chase long beach adjacent and uh we were really excited to ask them to play, and they were really excited to come play. Awesome. And then El Chavito, which is um, actually the bass player for Chase Long Beach, his pop punk band awesome. from L.A. And then we've got Hooray for Our Side awesome. will be playing um, by direct request from Mark T. Piazza and because we wanted to have all the OG bands. So another OG band, we've got the B-Sharps coming in from Riverside. Sweet. We used to play with those guys back at Showcase Theater when we were all teenagers. Um, and then it'll actually be us headlining technically. And then Half Past Two is going to play after us because they are coming straight from another show in San Diego <laughs> that they are playing with the Toasters and Mustard Plug. Yes. Max has already told me, um, the guitarist from Half Past Two has already told me that he has given the band 15 minutes to get their butts in the van after their show. <laughs> they are backlining down there. They are backlining up here. And, uh, but based off of their set time, we were trying to see if they could open. And then we were like, dude, we just want you to be there. And they want to be there so badly. Like we played if any of, out of all bands, we played with half past two. I want to say the most mm -hmm. out of all the bands back then. And it, you know, and at D Piazza's specifically right, right. too. Um, and it means a lot for them to play at D Piazza's one more time too, because like I said, it was their very first show and Mark had given them a lot of opportunities yeah. as well. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it's going to be a great night. We're very excited, but they're all very short sets because uh, Chase Long Beach was like, well, 
we can only pull together 45 minutes in like three and a half weeks. We haven't played together in eight years, you know, so we're doing a 45. So all the other bands are 30 minutes. So it's going to be quick, but a fun night, you know. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a, um, how many people do you think that place holds? I mean... I'm sorry, my cat is climbing in your bed okay. currently. Totally, She's the it's worst. Totally fine. Um, I think that technically the cap on the venue is somewhere around like 260. Okay. Um, you know, and that's like packed. But I have been there before where Mark has crammed in about 350. Wow. So it could be one of those nights. I do know that the uh, the tickets have been going very fast. I don't have the exact number yet. Cameron said he was going to add everything up and let me know. Yeah. Um, actually, I'll probably find out today. Um, but yes, definitely encouraging everyone, if you are interested in coming to the show, buy pre-sales. They are no fee pre-sales on the website that you can find on the event invite, right. all the posts, all that kind of stuff too. So, Because the show is probably going to sell out. I got mine. Good. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Um, so what is, what do venue, I mean, you can talk more specifically about D Piazza's, yeah. but what do venues like D Piazza's mean to bands? Like why do, why, why are you really celebrating sort of, you know, this? You know, I think one of the biggest things is D Piazza, God, I mean, it, it's, its own like separate entity there is no other venue that has ever been that we've ever worked with just like di piazza's when we were all like 13 14 starting this band yeah there were very few options for you to play at all and especially in southern california there's a lot of pay to play opportunity op- quote opportunities how, it kind of explain a little bit how that is so basically it's called pay to play but it just means that you have to sell a certain amount of tickets that the venue or the production company or the promotion company um, tell you you have to. You come to a, an arrangement, but the younger you are, the worse the deal usually ends up being. And a younger lot of, the, of a band, you yeah, are, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, like when you're not well known, they yeah, know sure. you can't bring your own fans, so they force you to sell pre-sale tickets. And it was like I remember the very first band we actually ever played with that was like a bigger band was Suburban Legends. Mm. Funnily enough. And and then we ended up playing with SL many, many, many times over the years. But those first few shows that we did with them and, like, bigger bands, you know, it was, like, the very first one we ever did was at the Knitting Factory, RIP. Um, another one at the Key Club, RIP. Right. Um, and both of those shows, I think we had, you know, like, 50, 75, something like that pre-sale tickets that we had to sell. And if you don't sell them, you can't play. So, basically, if you didn't get your fans to buy all of them, you're paying out of pocket for these tickets if you want to play this show. It's mm. really an awful setup for somebody who doesn't have people they can get out. And like you think about like touring bands, sure. sometimes can't even come through and play these bigger shows because they can't guarantee that they'll bring people. You know, because the venue just cares more about the money. Yeah. And uh, if the tickets are paid for and people don't show up, they really don't care. So you're out there hustling, you're trying to sell all these tickets, when really you're just wanting to play shows. So theoretically, a band could just up and buy the tickets themselves. Absolutely. Just to play. Yeah, I mean, I remember, and we weren't like a well-off band at all, you know, like we all mostly went and got, you know, jobs as soon as we were able to, and and our families were all kind of like working class, and sometimes we would have some help from some of our parents paying Mm -hmm. off for those last few tickets, but 
I remember there would be like, you know, our friends' bands that were like really rich. Or there'd be like that one member in that one band that was really rich and it was like, well, they didn't have to worry about it because mommy and daddy just paid for the whole bundle of tickets and they could yeah. go play whatever show they wanted. So there was always like that advantage if you had money yeah. too. And it's not fair because it's like, that's not what it's about. It's about talent. Yeah. But I do, I mean, maybe you can speak differently to it, mm-hmm. but I, w- I would assume that that only gets you so far. You would hope, but unfortunately, <laughs> some people, it worked better than that. <laughs> not that often, but it did. I, I know, and I'm not going to name names, but I do know a couple of bands back in the day. I mean, like, they didn't make anything huge of themselves, of right. course. They're not still around today. But a few back in the day that, that did, they got an upper hand, and they got way more of an advantage than a lot of us did, and were able to go a lot further at the time, Yeah, just because they had money. Um, but Di Piazza's, on the other hand, Mark like almost every Sunday would have shows earlier on, like in the afternoon where young bands could come play. Like any, you know, like it would be like a preteen teen night, you know, and he would allow us all to come down and Mark's policy always at D Piazza's. No one ever had to sell presale. If you wanted to sell presale, you could, and you could go and pick them up and do it your own, you know. And then if people came in with your name on the presale, that counts to you. But if not, then when people come to the door, they tell the door guy or woman who they were there for, right. and they'd get a tally mark. And there's like an under 21 and an over 21, because if you're over, you're obviously kind of probably be drinking, so right. he doesn't take as much money from that ticket. So he would take a certain amount from a 21 ticket, and he would take um, a certain amount from under 21 ticket, sure. and then each band got to keep the rest of the money. Oh. So he would always pay the bands. He was always super fair. And uh, I'll never forget, my mom actually just told me this story recently. I didn't even remember this because I was so young at the time. But the very first time we ever played there, I think it was I was either 13 or 14. And it was too young. He'd have to take us back in the office, you know, to pay us. Right. And my mom didn't feel comfortable, you know, with me going back sure, there at absolutely. my age <laughs> with some strange man, you know, that she does not know. Right. No, I totally get it. <laughs> and she even, like, I mean, my mom is even super sad that it's closing because she was like, I remember that very first time I went back there with you. And I was just like, wow, what total integrity What were the words that she used that Mark had and how well he treated everyone. Yeah. And uh, and she said in that moment she trusted him forever with her children because like my brother was in bands that played there you know right. I mean and it's just he he's like a dad to the community you know and he's retiring like I'm so happy for him he's sure. been wanting to retire he's exhausted you know he's been working <laughs> his butt off for he's tired of you kids yeah you know <laughs> but but he is like so excited he is yeah. so excited and the best part too is I guess there's a bunch of other bands that have reunited too to play another show for him yeah. he is so excited so it's like the best send off I think yeah. ever that he could possibly have that sounds good yeah sounds awesome so what have what have uh, half past two rehearsal not not half past two <laughs> oh my I'm gosh. like I don't know you'll have to ask them <laughs> I'll, have to ask, I'll have to ask them you'll have to ask Tara when you, when you talk to her uh what has Chase Long Beach rehearsals been like these past few weeks? They've been surprising. I mean, not surprisingly. We all we all were like, it'll be okay. Yeah. Like it'll it'll be like riding a bike, you know, because we did it. That's the thing is that because we were touring for like those three years straight, we were playing, you know, five to six nights a week for almost three years. Yeah, you know, so it, it's like muscle memory. Sure. Honestly, and like even some of the stupid, really really stupid dance moves I used to do. 
um, which I have been getting so many jokes already from my friends. Like, are you going to do this? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, I've been stretching my neck for a whole month now, you know, just getting ready to toss my head everywhere. Um, but it, it was like the very, we've only had two practices right. so far. And, uh, and we'll only have two full more. Um, but the first one, our drummer couldn't even be at. Oh. And, yeah. And so we're like, oh, um, well, let's see how this goes. And already, I want to say after these two practices and the second one with Rod there, with the drummer there, um, we're probably at like 85% right now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. it's yeah. It's been a lot better than it could have been. And I think what really helps is that all of us are currently still playing our instrument right. that we played in Chase. So for the most part, a lot of us have actually gotten better just because we've gotten older and right. kept playing over time. But except for Tristan, our trumpet player, he's the only one who hasn't uh, kept up with his instrument. But he's also a musical prodigy, so it didn't take him very long. <laughs> didn't take him very long. There's been a couple of things, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been it's been pretty good. Yeah. Oh, good. We're excited and we're having fun. You should just you should just come out like playing to track just okay. to mess with me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be good. We've had a lot of really funny ideas of like things like, hmm, should we do this? Should we? We're just like, well, we're just gonna play time stick like six times and then get off stage. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, you guys have no idea what's in store. I mean, we could just play like a normal Chase Long Beach set, or we could come out and play Yankee Doodle. Like, honestly, like everyone's really excited for Chase Long Beach, but they don't know what we're gonna do. You it's know? like we didn't want to learn any of the old songs, nah. so we just <laughs> no, no. I could say we're we're definitely we're doing songs from um, both Lebec and from Gravity, so there will be some oldies in there mixed with. Well, they're all oldies. What am I talking about? <laughs> You know, oldie oldies, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so that's what we can expect. So I'll skip yeah. over that question. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So what's your favorite song to play live? I would say, Where's My Time Stick? Yeah. I think that's almost everyone's favorite song. It is mine. <laughs> I, I, you know, and, and it was funny, actually, because we posted, or Megan posted the other day, um, she had posted one the day before saying, What's your favorite Chase Long Beach song? And then the next day she had posted one, what's your least favorite Chase Long Beach song? And, you know, and we can, and we're like, we hate some too, you know, like hashtag, yeah, we yeah. don't like some too, you know, right. like, don't be afraid, like whatever. And, um, and, you know, some of the responses were to be expected because they were ones that we feel the same about. But yeah. one person said, where's my time stick? And we were all like, what is wrong with you, man? You know, we were like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> like there, there, there is a wrong answer and, and that's, that's it, it. <laughs> you know? Um, but no, but it's not a very ska song. So I understand the people that are, are fans of like, like super th third wave ska. Like yeah. that's, it, it's got like, like heavy metal influence. In sure. It, you know, sure. in some parts. So, so I get that. But um, I'd say, yeah, where's my time stick? Another really big favorite, this is super random, that we just found out because Tristan, we were at practice, like, going through all the songs, and Tristan was like, cut, and we all went, nah, dog, you're the only one who wants to cut this song. And, like, our guitarist, Joe, was like, yeah, dude, I have to say this is probably my favorite song. It was Swing in C. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Which was actually not originally supposed to be on the album. Oh, really? Both Swing in C and Useless... Uh, were not recorded when we left Fort Collins. And mm -hmm. literally as we packed up the van, when we were leaving Colorado, we get a call from Victory and because they had gotten the, the, the tracks and they were like, this isn't enough. We've already scheduled you time back in Long Beach. 
you've got to be in the studio in six days again and have two more songs written. We had to write those two songs in like two days. How many did you have at the time? I forget how many total were on the album. Uh, me too. Uh, I think there were only 10, technically. They wanted to hit 12. But 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 there's... Technically, also, what had happened was we had made another track that they had gotten rid of. We mm. called... Because there's the, the beginning, the middle, and the end. Right. And they had gotten rid of the middle, and then they put the beginning in the middle of the album. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. That was not our choice. Um and so now there's just the beginning and the end, and the end is at the end, but the beginning's like track seven, <laughs> you know. And um, <clears throat> so, so when I, I make my back. playlist on Spotify, I should put the beginning at, at the, the beginning. beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's where it's supposed to be. But uh, they didn't like that, so yeah. So we had to go back, and, and they were like, "You have three songs on here that don't even have lyrics in them." They were not happy. Um, so we all know what happened to Victory Records. So. Yes. <laughs> 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 Jokes on you. You can. Uh, we don't have time for that now, but you can go look that up on the internet. Yeah. Go find out what happened to Victory Records. <laughs> really, honestly, Tony ended up with like a sick deal. He made a ton of money off that deal. So it's yeah. like I can't even be like, haha, I got him because right. he he's like a millionaire now. So no, whatever. <laughs> and somebody else still owns our masters. So oh, that whatever. Sucks. <laughs> that sucks. That, I know. That's probably the biggest. I. It's the one thing I definitely look at you know when i started to sort of pay attention more to the industry and how it worked yeah it's just like give the kids their music i know it's really not that difficult and it was one of those things like right when i heard that they had been sold i was like oh my god wait do our our masters going to be re-released you know because sometimes they just sell the company Mm -hmm. and but no they acquired all of the masters and all of the yeah yeah, so at least we don't owe Victory the record, like the money that we never paid back for the record, that we never will, but uh, somebody else still owns the Masters. But we might get royalties now, so oh, sure. you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. All right, so, but, this whole conversation began with what's your favorite song? What is yes. your least favorite song to play live? Uh... <laughs> uh uh, got, uh, I can't even think of the name. Why did we name our songs such stupid titles? <laughs> uh, pockets. We just call it Pockets. Um, but it's got no pockets like nobody's... Bi- ain't got pockets like nobody's business. I don't know. Sounds like, that that got, title sounds like a hit. Got a pockets like nobody's business. I don't know. I don't remember what we named it. But uh, Pockets, track number two... two? Three. Three. J- JVC is number two. Right. Uh, but it was the first single. We didn't want that to be the Thing single either. I think it's We've either. Got Pockets Like, like Nobody's, nobody's business. business. Thank you. There it is. <laughs> I was trying to look it up, but I wasn't yeah. getting reception. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm like, I think if I think yep. about it. We've Got Pockets Like Nobody's Business. Um, what yeah. is it that sort of bugs you? Is it... Uh, well, uh, there's quite a few things. <laughs> so, on the record, there's also... There was a huge trombone solo mm-hmm. that the that Victory cut out. And the trombone solo was like 40 seconds long because it like broke into halftime and slowed the whole song down and gave it a totally different vibe. And so now like when you hear it, there's just that weird build up back into the last chorus. There was a trombone solo in between. Wow. And now the song's only like, I don't know, a minute and 35 seconds long on the album or something like that because they got rid of half of it. And... um. It was one that we just didn't like playing that much, and then we were forced to play it so much because they made it the single. But then on top of it, too, it was the song we got the most flack for because 
it sounds just like SR-71's song. Why? Why do you always kick me when I'm high? That one. The beginning is almost yeah. exactly the same and as Makes No Difference to Me by some 41. Oh. So mm. it was like... <laughs> Pretty much a direct ripoff of both of those songs. So, I mean, we've just gotten commentary about that. You forever. sampled it. We sampled it. Well, but you know, the funniest thing was, is that actually that song was written before we wrote that album. And it was one of the two songs that got us the record deal. Because mm. we had done two demos that we sent in for the record deal. And then we switched guitarists right after that. So none of us realized that our first guitarist had actually ripped it off from right. one of those songs until it was too late. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. And then so we had to keep playing it, and we were like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's a few, and then... Sure. Yeah, other reasons. Every band's got a reason. Yeah. Sometimes they just, they feel, you know, yeah. don't like the lyrics in the end, They yeah. or, or they just... Yeah. Usually it's not, I usually don't find it's, you know, studio meddling. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes it can be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, what can, what else should we know about the show that's coming up? Uh, it's all ages. All ages, right? <clears throat> the the show the doors are at seven p.m. Show starts seven thirty. Uh, Fifteen dollars. Like I said, you can buy pre sales on Pocket. Uh, I think it's pocketentertainment.org. I think so. Forward slash tickets. I think is what the actual link is. But again, you can find it on all the posts. Um, in the event invite, in, in my personal post, on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. Right. The band doesn't have an Instagram because we were done before Instagram <laughs> before was a thing. became a thing. <laughs> um, so I've just been personally promoting. Uh, Where can there. people find you on Instagram? Uh, I am at you know Karen Roberts. Uh, you can find me there and on Facebook. I'm also Karen Roberts because that's <laughs> who I am. And uh, the band is on Facebook. Uh, and has been posting pretty frequently since the announcement. So yeah. you can find a bunch of the stuff on there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really good time. I don't know. We're just really excited. And it's going to – one more important fact about the show. It will be done early. The show will be done by midnight. It is a it's Thursday night. It's a Thursday night. night. <laughs> yeah. And that was the thing is initially it was supposed to be a Friday. And right. then the dates all got screwed up. The band, we all decided we'd rather do a Thursday than nothing at all. Sure. Yeah. So – so we apologize. We know it's a little inconvenient for some people, but uh, be there if you can. We would love to see you there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks Thank for hanging you. out. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> oh, wasn't that an amazing interview? <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I told you I love Karen Roberts. So, so uh, in that interview, Karen, I'm, oh my gosh, where is my brain? Wow. <laughs> in that interview with Karen, Tara, yes. she mentioned that Half Past Two is playing that show Oh my gosh. on January 30th. Okay, you heard it here first on On the Upbeat. Yes, Half Past Two. That you're literally driving, you're playing a show that same day. Okay, crucify me, why don't you? I know, we're crazy. I We would only do this for Chase Long Beach, to be honest, because... Yeah. Yes, we... Thursday, January 30th, Half Past Two is playing a show in San Diego, like I said, with the with Mustard Plug and the Toasters, and then we're driving back to Long Beach af right after we play, and we are going to play the Chase Long Beach reunion. We're closing the night. Yeah. Um, 
that that's the way it worked out and we were all you know yeah. they um karen just said that they really wanted you on you guys on the show and you guys really wanted to be it so this that was having you even though chase long beach is technically headlining yes they 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 bent they bend you know they bent for us because we were when they asked us we were really excited to do it and then we told them our situation and you know yeah it all worked out we we went on tour with chase we were you know we were good friends back in the day and like i said back when scott music wasn't doing a whole lot there was only a few of us and chase long beach they were like our sister brother band so awesome um, I'm so, so glad they're playing this reunion show. I've been waiting for this for so long. I really like Chase Long Beach. Yeah, I missed the uh, 2012 reunion. I missed it. Oh, well. The show. Now I get to see it again. Um, <laughs> in 2020. In tw- well, not to see that show again, because that show happened, and it happened once. You get to see them again? I, I have seen them. A- okay, okay. I okay. have seen them. I Right before they broke up. Um, I did see them um, in 2010, um, and Karen was singing. We yes. won't get into that, why she left, <laughs> left and came back for a minute. All right, so... Um, I know that feeling. <laughs> things we can't talk about now. Um, but anyway, all right, so we do a feature on this podcast called Ska Around the World really cool feature by the way and usually aaron has an airplane sound effect but aaron's not here so um t- i got this That's not- I that, thought it was an airplane, but it was a bomb. Sorry, a, everybody. Uh, so that's the end of this feature. <laughs> <laughs> so the plane crashed, and we're not going to tell you about a ska. Anyway. All right. So uh, on this week, I'm going to tell you about a ska band from Canada. Um, now, I'm going to tell you up front. Usually, we try to f- find a ska band that is currently still playing music and putting stuff out and performing. Uh, but this band is not. Uh, seems to be that they sort of haven't really done much or anything since like 2015. However, I really like the album <laughs> that I'm about to play the song from. And, and it's I, your podcast. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, so you can check out this album and you can like it the way that I do. Um, yeah. So this band is called Rude City Riot. Uh, they... Uh, put out an album off of uh, uh, Stump Records. Stomp. Stomp. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Stump. And I knew it said Stomp. I've been I've been looking at it all day. <laughs> Stomp Records. Get this man some caffeine. I know, right? Uh, the album, uh, their one and only album is called Nothing But Time. Uh, and it came out in, oh my gosh, 2011. Uh, glad I remember that because it's not in my notes. But um, so, uh, uh, though the members of Rude City uh, Riot have different musical degrees, they all have a strong um, reverence for the Mighty Scott <laughs> traditions, uh, and they blend punk, rock, reggae, soul, and cre- uh, create a unique, powerful mix. That is all their own. And so this, all what I'm reading is actually from uh, their record label sort of 
description. So obviously it's playing right. them up. It's a little bit self-imposed. That's, um, that's what they're supposed to do. That's what everyone does. And I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just But saying, you felt that way too. Mostly I'm it. just saying that I did not write this. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> just to make it clear. <laughs> um, but I do agree. So, uh, Rude City Riots, um, uh, catchy hooks and edgy vocals, uh, vocal lines will, uh, be ringing in your head the morning after you hear it, uh, from the moment you start listening to the record for the first time. Um, the lead singer, I love the lead singer's, uh, name, Dustin Lionheart Third. Wow. Is that real? <laughs> as far as I can tell. Dustin. Wow. And I think that's Lionheart. I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, has, he's, he's been perfecting his craft since the tender age of 14. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're just, you know what? And we'll just play the song. They're just, uh really very ska punk sound um and i'm a sucker for a good keyboard in a ska song so that is why i picked this song called imposter man um and it's just it's very it's very catchy and so i like catchy pop things all right let's do it i want to hear all right, it let's hear it imposter man ain't no excuse dump him in the van the imposter man That is Rude City Riot. I like his voice. Yes, uh, and it's very distinct. Uh, I got a little slack from Aaron last time when we talked about uh, Tim Armstrong. I just, all I ever want to say is like, I love distinct voices that you, like, you know it when you hear it, right? You know what I mean? You yeah, know Amy that. Yeah, Interrupter's voice. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Monique Powell. Um, yeah, so I just, it, the whole album's like... Uh, obviously that's a very sort of two tony sound uh, song, but they've got more ska punk songs too. Uh, it is a good album, you know, but unfortunately they don't seem to be playing anymore. But I would say check out that album. Um, nothing but time. Nothing but time. Uh, Rude City Riot. All right. All from right. Canada. From Canada. Um, yes. So check them out. Uh, they do have a few other, like, singles and, like, EPs, uh, but this is their their main release. I saw, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I saw that you picked another of my favorite oh, she... newer Canadian band. Yes, she is also from Canada. <laughs> yes, she is. Amy Gabba. I love her. All right, so speaking of which, uh, we end every episode with 
uh, our ska picks of the week. And um, let's play yours first. Mine, okay. Since I just, since I essentially just went. Um, Why don't you tell us about your pick? I picked um, Catbite. They are from Philly. And they, they're out, this, the album that the song I picked came off of, I believe came out last year. Yep. I really like the cover. It's so cute and pretty. Um, I just really like this band. I can't remember what song I told you to play. Did I tell you to play um, Sneaky, Sneaky feeling. Feelings? That's what I thought. Um, I like their sound. I think it's really, there's some really fun songs on there. Um, and I don't know. They got nothing to hide. Everything is really good. I, I've watched some of their live performances and they seem like they would be really fun to see um in person and i hope that they make their way over to us so that i can see them play (laughs) yeah if they are listening right now yeah we'll play with you would love to let's listen to it though all right so sneaky feelings cat bite Oh, I hate you! Is Aaron here? Oh, wow. Well, Aaron, your your tradition has been honored. Sorry, I had to. So we got over the break. We I got a Instagram message saying it's from someone. Um, forget the guy's name. Sorry. Uh, he said he really loves the show, and he's like, "Boy, could you guys stop playing that Rihanna work, work, work? It's driving me insane." <laughs> And I said, I don't know. Aaron really loves it, which I do. I do too. I do, and because <laughs> it gets me every single time. And he, so he usually drops it in right at the work work. But I had to play right of it for Man, a second. I I am not used to it yet. <laughs> uh, but here it is, really sneaky feelings, cat bite. <laughs> Yes, I love the sort of '60s vibe. The '60s sort of like yeah, uh, they have like a like a traditional sound, but they're still just it's just new. And like I said, everything I've seen of them live, I'm just like, oh, I wish I was there. And those are the kind of bands that I like. The ones right. that are the whole package. They seem like the whole package. All right. So uh, I picked. Now I've been. I keep. You know, there's like I said, there's so much ska music that I've discovered. I have loved this EP the moment I heard it, um, and uh, it's definitely uh, it. It's sort of it's very sort of pop punk ska, you know, for the most part. 
is Amy does lots of different kinds of music. Yeah, she's so... in uh, um, Amy DC. Amy DC, which is basically ACDC ACDC cover band, ACDC yeah. cover band. Uh, and she does a great job in that, from what I've seen online. Yeah. Um, but like we said, she is from Canada. Yes. Uh, how do you pronounce Gabba? Gabba. Okay. I always, you know me in last names. <laughs> like I just. <laughs> I don't even know if that's her, actually her last name, but. Um... Right. Right. Uh, but it is. Uh, so it's the. Um, as listed on the album, it's Amy Gabba and the Almost Famous. Uh, the song I picked is from the EP The Heart is Stupid, and I agree. Um, <laughs> uh, the song I picked is called The Distance. All right, so here we go. Mouth. glad you picked amy because um we have the same producer and that's kind of <laughs> how we we connected and she's awesome she's so nice she works really hard and i don't know she's great i just wanted to bring up too uh, did you notice that you have a very um female centric show tonight you spoke with karen and here am i <laughs> and we talked about cat bite and now we just talked about amy I think that's so cool. I like that. I'd like to say that it was intentional. Oh, well. And well, it would you, kind of was. Okay. <laughs> you would like to say it and was and it, it actually? It like, um, I probably, it's, here's the thing, like, so when I started, like, asking, you know, when kind of Aaron said, okay, I know you want to get an episode out, but I'm kind of, I got stuff. Yeah. And so I was like... You know, uh, basically, I just as I started to talk to you and Karen, I was like, "Oh, I, I love this! It's gonna be like I love having both, yeah. right?" And and I I want to sit down with some other females in the ska scene and sort of talk about that issue. So it's like it's been on my brain, yeah. So it was intentional, but like in the sense that it's been on my brain for a while to sort of make sort of like a round table of female. Scott musicians, singers. I'm like a total sucker for stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, my most of my picks and stuff like that on uh, on all of your shows are female singers or topics like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. Well, thanks for joining me this week. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And uh, I want to come back. Sure. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm sure Aaron will continue to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> We're um, all busy, Matt. Okay. We are all it's busy. It's good to be busy. I just so. was like, I just don't want, like, I don't ever want an episode where it's just me going through these things of just, like... <laughs> Uh, I mean, it could have easily turned into my interview with Aaron and then me just doing the... Karen. Oh, my gosh. But um, you would... See, you couldn't do this by yourself. Because no one would correct... Everyone actually, would get super confused. They're like, they're, his what? interview with who? With, with what? Who? He didn't interview anyone. Yeah. Well, oh the tarot, Karen, Aaron... <laughs> it's all the uh sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. I, yeah. There's See, no this... Uh Karen, Shh. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> if you mispronounce it, there is. Aaron. See, this is why I couldn't do it by myself. <laughs> It'd be the worst episode ever. Oh, Lord. Anyway, um, hey, um, can I play the full version of somebody that, the song that we began with? Why not? Sure, because it's. Your song and my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and It's uh, our version of the song. Right. So at the beginning, if you noticed, I played a uh, version of somebody that I used to know uh, by Half Past Two. And now, as we leave, we're going to play the entire song. And yes, go check out Half Past Two. Uh, you can find them everywhere on the internet. Half Past Two Ska. Um, yes. That's even their website, Half Past Two ska.com so it's our instagram and you can find us on facebook too we're on everything really yep. we're even on tiktok wow i mean you can listen to our music <laughs> on TikTok. all right well thanks for hanging out all right bye bye and i gotta make sure i turn up the volume before i play the song okay bye, bye. <laughs>